Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. Something's in the back seat. Mama's home hungry. Mark my words. Michael Knight will die. I am the voice of Knight Industry 2000's microprocessor. You wish to eat. You wish to drink. You wish to reproduce. Yeah. Which one first? Excuse me. I was trying to get a heel student loan. Greg, I don't think I've ever told you this, but you look glorious in 1080p. You think so? Can you see every detail of my flawless complexion? I can see every bump, bubble, and boil can you covering see, your face. Can you see how deep this pore is in my forehead? God, it looks amazing. I can see Full you're of, so shiny, Greg. Am I really? I should you're use. Sh- I, I gotta. I gotta take care of that. I gotta tell my my makeup person to. Uh, Get rid of the shininess on my forehead. You're not shiny. You look great. In fact, you look better than you've looked in weeks. Oh, really? Because maybe now I have a better camera that actually works on my computer. And the best part is, is that it took us, oh my God, like three months for one of us to finally realize that, hey, maybe it's just an internal camera problem. Buy a webcam. <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was thinking that was probably part of the problem, but I was just stubborn and pissed off. And then I'm like, why would I spend more money? I can fix this. And, and uh, some driver is be- messed up every time the internal camera kicks in. It crashes the computer. But now this is perfect. I got, I got some cheapo camera. I got it refurbished so it's even cheaper. And uh, now it works perfectly. I can see your face as well as you seeing my face. I have put you in the bottom left-hand corner of my screen today, so I can't see my face. But I can see you, and you look great. Thanks. Hey, thanks. You know, I just was like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, God, this was such an easy way. Like, it saves you $500 from having to buy a brand new laptop, and you spent less than 25 bucks on this refurb, because mine was a refurb, too. I think I spent about the same amount of money yeah. on this webcam, and it's great. It's perfect. Well, you know, and it's funny, all those months of just frustration and trying to make stuff work, I don't, uh, whatever, just take the easy way out. That's the way to do it. I got to tell you, though, the night when last so last night we had tested it just to make sure it worked before we recorded the look of satisfaction on your face when you <laughs> find when that camera like turned on last night was the it was like the greatest moment of my week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was so mad because I didn't I couldn't test it like I was I was like, OK, well, let me try to open Zoom. And then I realized that I removed the app off the computer and I all this other stuff. And I was trying to do it, turn the camera on with the laptop and it was still crashing. So I'm like, hey, let's just do a Zoom call like we normally do. And it, hey, whatever, it works. Hey, there's your face. We're talking a lot Hi. about faces. How have I'm you texting, been? Good. I'm texting my wife right now. Sorry. <laughs> she's she's upstairs, Dave. No, she's not. She's actually at church tonight. Everything got oh. pushed back a day because of Thanksgiving. So we're actually, you and I are recording a day early because tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So we're recording on the 25th instead of the 26th. Back when we used to. And I got out an hour early from work today, which I, I, didn't, I didn't know about. So I'm doing my thing. I'm cleaning and doing, I got my headphones in and doing stuff. And then all of a sudden the lights start turning off. I'm like, hello, Ooh. hello, I'm still here. I'm here. They're like, oh, we leave early uh, the day before Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh, nobody told me. So <laughs> I got to clean up. I got to take care of all this stuff now. So you guys leave because I can't. <laughs> oh, my God. That's yeah. that's terrible. Well, um, Yeah, we got out of work today. I got out at 3, and I was planning on watching the episode a little earlier than I wanted. But So we're recording at 7.15. I finished the episode at exactly 7 o'clock. So it's not fresh in my head because I don't remember any of it. But it's going to be really fun to talk about. <laughs> Well, I watched it at uh, 8 o'clock this morning or 7.30 or something like that. So, um, yeah, while I was still groggy. So we'll have fun piecing this together. 
it's going to be really fun. So before we jump in, I want to welcome everybody to Champ and Klein, the Night Rider Years, a podcast by two friends who share a love of classic 80s television. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I am your other host, Greg Klein. Now, if you're new to the show, the basic idea is that Greg and I choose a classic show from the 80s and dissect it episode by episode. While we do poke fun at the shows a lot, it is out of complete love and admiration for an era that can never be replicated. Occasionally, we will create our own side story within an episode to see where it takes us. Also, Greg is convinced that all 80s TV and movies are connected within the same universe, so that comes into play many, many times throughout. And, um... For a couple, this has happened a few times. My uh, my oldest has decided to wander into the office to record. Did you need something, buddy? What did you need? Why? Oh well, then you guys can go down. You can choose one. You can go down the hall, or you can watch it in the living room. Isn't this fun? I so can't see you, her. She's off screen. So you choose. So a Dave's room, just and then talking she to uh, a room. something. And it's he's okay. Talking to his kids about how to uh, this is how to parenting parenting their at house best right now. <laughs> so yeah, one of you go one of you go down. The, I'm keeping this all on the show, by the way. One of you go down the hall, and the other one stay down, stay in the living room. That's okay. It's okay. She will. She'll stop. I promise. All right. I need to continue recording now. Bye. <laughs> so, Greg, how the heck are you, buddy? I'm 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 good, and I'm even better right now because let me tell some folks. Let me tell you all, Dave. Can you tell what this is? I'm holding. Oh no, a is that glass up to the camera? I got to open the camera up a little wider. That's not eggnog and brandy, is it? Oh no, it isn't. No, it's something um, um, just as good. Is it just a giant glass? Oh, is it coffee, brandy, and milk? You got it, baby. Oh yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, those of you in the Northeast know probably have heard of Allen's Coffee Brandy. One of the was the most sold alcoholic beverage in Maine uh, for the longest time until it was overtaken by Fireball, which is awful. But uh, Allen's Coffee Brandy, it's coffee mm. brandy, and uh, I always mix it with some whole milk, so it's a poor man's Kahlua, and uh, my cousin and I, we affectionately call it Gorilla Milk. Um, <laughs> this is perhaps the absolute best drunk you'll ever get in your entire life. So here we go. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. So I got I to gotta be honest with you. So I've lived in Maine now almost 19 mm. years, and I have never had Allen's Coffee Brandy. Dude, you are missing out. If you ever if you ever want a day drink and get absolutely shit faced, <laughs> but in the best way, like it's the oh my god, I I can uh, yeah, it's like a rage beverage. Pe- you know, this is like bonfire stuff. But it's, it's people ha- yeah. a lot of people hate it cuz it's whole I I use whole milk myself. Um oh, god. so okay. yeah, well, I'm just I'm just <laughs> drinking a plain old Hannaford grapefruit <laughs> seltzer tonight. Well, there you go. You know, that's great. It's it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. I figured I'd treat myself to something. Absolutely. And now, are you off work tomorrow and Friday? No, just tomorrow, and then I work Friday and Saturday. Ooh, that's a bummer. Well, it's because it's because I was out the week before, so I took the Saturday shift that I my coworker covered for me. So I'm oh, like, it's right. fair. Now, is is it a full shift or is it like all day? What's the, yeah? It's what a full hours? shift. It's uh for me. Well, it's uh it's uh seven thirty to two. Well, actually, no. You know what? I think I'd prefer that getting home by two thirty. Hmm. I'd be all, I'd be great. I would. I think I'd prefer to do that. Yeah, it's okay. But you gotta and, wake up what, early on. Well, a Saturday, it's a bummer because it, since it's a holiday this week, I won't get overtime for it. So that's all right. Listen, buddy, 
this week for us has been a pretty good week. We've been preparing a lot of Thanksgiving foods. It's been it's been hard. Uh, it's been hard for everyone because this will be our first Thanksgiving without Kristen's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's 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 going to be tough tomorrow, but I think it'll be good. We're going to be with a lot of good family and a lot of a lot, it should be some good times. But um, so you you're, you're going out and and uh, hanging out with folks. Kristen and I are just staying home because we're, actually, we're misers. Do, do you, do you know where we're going? Oh, uh, you're going to go to an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. God, I wish. No, we're going to go. We're going to. Uh, we're going to Camden, Greg. We're going to the house that you. Are and you I really? Spent. Oh, I was just so, up that way uh, last weekend. I, I climbed Ragged Mountain up in Rockland. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So Kristen's uncles, who are up here, they actually have been up for two weeks. They quarantined in the house for two weeks. They mm-hmm. stayed up so that everybody would be safe. And so we're all going to go up. And we're going to have Thanksgiving up in Camden. I am uh, so super jealous. Uh, that's great. That's going to be I'm probably just going to send you pictures from all the weird spots. We did stuff when we were up there <laughs> last year. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that was a year ago. Those of you that have been with us for a year when we did our boys retreat, that was the second annual. We haven't been able to do it this year, which is a bummer. Yeah, um, but we'll, we'll figure something out. Uh-uh. Whoa, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. All right, Greg. Listen, do you want to uh, do you want to talk about tonight's episode? By God, uh, man, I had the best time watching <laughs> this thing. It was so too. absurd and ridiculous and eighties in every way possible. Loved it. Yes, talk about right. it. Here we go, guys. It is Night Rider season four, episode sixteen, Night of a Thousand Devils. God, this stuff's so good. I can't. I'm gonna have to try some this weekend. So okay. Now, I have to tell you, I texted you about half, 25 minutes to a half hour into the episode saying, I don't care about the rest of this episode. I just want to see the road race. That's all <laughs> I wanted to see. And it did, not, it did not disappoint because, honestly, I think it was the last 25 minutes of the episode is just straight up road race. Yeah, there was a lot of racing involved, a lot of stock footage, but I think it was well cut, well spliced. Or B-roll, I couldn't... I think there's definitely stock footage, but then I think there might have been some deliberate, like, you know, B-unit stuff where they go go film these cars driving around in the yeah. desert. So there's that. But And what I also really loved is that RC finally got some d- legit role to play yes. in this whole story. And it was yes. great to see him, like, driving he around a, on his bike. He had a really good part, and I think it's cool. What I loved about this is that, like, this episode, and unfortunately it's six episodes from the end of the series— but this episode, he officially really does become, after there's a certain moment near the end where he becomes a full-fledged member of the Foundation in this episode. I know, and there was very little Devin and Bonnie, honestly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, God, did you just see that? I just saw you hit yourself in the face with the microphone, yes. My foot just kicked to the bottom <laughs> of the mic stand and just smacked the mic into my face. You sure it was your foot and not something else? I can't tell from here. All I see is down it to was your my boobies. Other, it was my other limb down there, Greg. Ugh, yep. Sure. Okay, now, all right, I have to ask you a question about the opening of this episode. So, I love that the episode opens with Michael as, like, part of this sting operation. I thought that was really interesting that he's, like, in the middle of this giant operation. But what, like, this, the loudest man ever. Yeah, so they're, like, they're raiding this house to get this guy who becomes a, the main char- one of the main villains in this episode. But they're at his house. Michael, I guess, is there with federal agents. And the federal yeah. agent's telling him, don't get involved. You're only here for support. And Michael's like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, because you remember what happened last time. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so they're going to do this entire raid on this house with three agents dressed in business suits with with shotguns running up to the house. 
That's yep. how they do it. And I was thinking, like, as I'm watching these guys approach the house, like, doing their, like, bad commando stocks and rolls and whatever with their with their suit and tie on, I'm like, this must be how a hostile takeover works for a bank. You know, like, this is yeah. what, this is the actual, these are businessmen doing a hostile takeover of another business. That's right. the image right. I got. Absolutely. Not federal agents, but just some, <laughs> some dudes. Anyway, um, lo and behold, what happens to those guys, Dave? So the guy's name, the main antagonist, his name is Becker, and he ends up shooting his assistant, cold blood, in the middle of the foyer of the front of the house, and then opens the door as the three agents are coming up the walkway and just obliterates them in the middle of the driveway. Yeah, because they're, they're all standing next to each other, and they all get shot together. And that's it. Because because they see them all on the closed-circuit television. They see them opening the front gate and running up the driveway. <laughs> Whatever. Well, and so he kills he kills one of the guys, and the other two are still alive. And now I love the scene following this because Michael is so overly emotional about this guy being killed, and I'm like, we've never seen him before, and Michael is so broken up about the fact that this agent was murdered. What was his name? Oh God, I can't remember. Mr. Red Shirt Number Three. Yeah, okay. I have no idea. Yeah, he was like, he's my friend. We go back a long time. I can't believe he's gone. But, but you know, wh- they're having that conversation in Devin's office. Where he's like, I can't believe he's gone. And it probably happened that morning. You know, it's like, oh, another <laughs> another coworker's dead. Okay, right. what's for lunch today? Right, well, and somehow they had basically, they had put a tracking device on Becker's watch. And as after Becker has killed and sh- has shot these three guys, he takes his jacket off, drops the watch, and leaves. So they think he's still in the house. And when Michael finds the watch, realizes he dropped the watch. Yeah. So well, at some point, it was Becker's henchman that killed everybody out there. Was it Becker's henchman? Yeah, it was Becker's henchman. Who, oh, okay. I th- yeah, and because Becker just killed a guy in his own house, too. Like, this guy comes down the stairs. He's like, well, thanks for getting all this paperwork together for me, blah, blah, blah. Shoots him in the stomach, which wouldn't yes. have killed him. He would just be like, oh, he would have, it would have been like a Tim Ross character in Reservoir Dogs. Just like, bleeding out for, for hours and hours on the floor in this guy's apartment, or his giant mansion. Um, but yeah. that's, that's not what happens. He gets shot and he dies instantly. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he gets done. So, okay, so this is where I got, it gets a little murky because I'm, I'm, it's so hard for me to follow the motives of some of these bad guys. So from my understanding, Becker screwed a lot of people out of like tons and tons and tons of money. And basically he's headed to the border with all of this money under the protection of a guy named Delorca who we meet like a couple minutes down the road in this episode, and Michael has to find Becker before he gets across the border. Yeah, right. Is that? Be- yeah, Becker. Is, he's a he's a notorious gangster, criminal mastermind kind of guy. But like, like what, when you think of like gangster, like he's not he's like a not a gentleman gangster, but like racketeering and money and, and just yeah. being a general scumbag. So he's amassed all his wealth, and and the feds are onto him and all this stuff. So his his safe bet is to get out of the country and go to Mexico. Yep. And this guy, this other Delorca, I like to call him Delorca the Orca, because he, yep. in fact, even though the the makeup tried to make him look human, he was in fact an orca, an orca whale. Okay. Um, okay. There's not too many, you know, whales are mammals. There's not too many um, o- um, water-based mammals that are actually in the acting business. Um, so... <laughs> The Lord. I just thought of that. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, go you know, ahead. like, uh, oh, like, yeah. Anyway, like, um, uh, I, I was laughing about Delorca because <laughs> now I. Okay, so I, 
Delorca had now for those of us in the audience who are listening to the show who are parents, if you guys know what I'm talking about, please please let me know in the comments when you, when you when I post the show. Delorca has pacifier mouth. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, are his lips like really red? He's got pacifier mouth. So when Eva was having a pacifier when she was like between the ages of one and three, her gums had actually formed the shape of like like a half moon because because she had a pacifier in so much that you couldn't really see her her upper teeth. And that's the kind of guy. Just like, what? I just I don't know. I don't know so, where I'm going. Okay, with this. okay. So w- my diatribe about him actually being a whale, a whale act being an actor, made you think of pacifier mouth. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just thought of it. But it's and okay. Let's move on. Delorca is in fact not a whale. Gonna make make that clear. No, he's, <laughs> he's not. He's a human being. Anyway, Delorca, yes, the... Delorca's protecting Decker. Decker, no. Correct. Decker? Becker. 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 I'm thinking of Decker from Key and Peele. All right, that, Decker. Yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, so he's protecting him, and in order to do that, so he's, this is the funny thing, so Becker gives Delorca $1 million cash in yep. a briefcase, like a regular briefcase, and I'm thinking, yeah. what are they, $1,000 bills? I mean- did you see there was so little money in that briefcase? I know. It's like, dude, a million dollars in 20s, what I would think it would probably be, would be probably. in like a duffel bag and you wouldn't be able to lift it, you know? So, yeah. So he gives them the million. On top of the million, when they get over the border, Becker is literally going to sign over all of his assets to Delorca on top of this guy just getting a million dollars as it, as he says as insurance so the the uh, the million dollars buys you freedom the your assets ensure your freedom you know so right he's basically in a tight spot and he's got he's got nothing to do he can't you know he can't get right. out of this anyway okay. his hands are tied so I love this I love the next scene so when they find out so there there's obviously there's always a woman involved so this woman named Claudia, she's the she's this only connection that they can find right now to Becker. So Michael goes to confront Claudia. Basically, Michael, as Michael Knight, says that he's one of Becker's clients and Becker owes him like a lot, a lot of money. And he needs he's going to get his money back or he's going to find a way to take Becker down. I want you to deliver this message to him and let him know this. And so Claudia basically goes i don't know if i want to do that so she walks away and talks to this guy who's been standing behind michael the whole time who says listen that's the guy i saw at the house last night you need to take care of him so she goes back and goes you know what i think i will deliver that message meet me um tomorrow night 10 o'clock at the warehouse like just this abandoned well, warehouse it, and michael doesn't get suspicious at the at warehouse all. that they're at the, the car shop so they're at a place working on dune buggies and stuff like baja racers and they're like come up drive up to the open door and drive your car in at 10 o'clock right. tonight and uh but, and michael's like okay <laughs> not suspicious at all because then he pulls in and it's deserted there's nothing in there well, there's no buggies it's hilarious because no like he's like kit Kit, scan the air to make sure that she's not going to, you know, double cross us or do anything silly. He's like, there's nobody here, Michael. And they drive in. And he's looking around and looking around. And then this blue GMC pickup drives up. And you know that when there's some dude with a ball cap sitting in the bed of the truck, yes. some shenanigans is about to go down. So the truck, oh, yeah. the truck pulls up to the door Michael drove. So Michael and Kit are inside this enormous warehouse that has all yep. this equipment in it. 
But of course, surrounding the building, they're just drums of gasoline. So the guy in the bed of the pickup takes a machine gun and shoots holes in everything and then struggles for like 10 seconds trying to light a road flare to throw at the pile of barrels full of gas. Then they drive off. And yeah. that's, that's how they try to dispose of Michael Knight. This, they light up the outside of the warehouse. And again, <laughs> and again, they told him to drive inside. And you're like, even if it wasn't Kit, I'm like, I think most vehicles could go through a, a pile, you know, a bunch of fire if you yes. had to, you know? Yes. So let's go. It's like, it's like, you know, it's a uh, Goldfinger, you know, like he, he, all these lasers and <laughs> shit to cut James Bond in half. It's like, you know what? This is how we're going to get rid of Michael Knight. We're going to lure him into a factory and then we're going to blow the factory up. And then we're not going to check that he's actually dead. Well, and I love it because it's it's such a classic moment in these in the show and in all eighty series when they think something's gone, and so the henchman meets with Becker like the next day and says, "Oh yeah, we took care of Michael. He's gone. He's as good as dead. There's nothing. There's nothing left to him." But as audience members, we know that Michael just got in kit and drove out of the building. That's right. it. Right, and then right. left and, like, and went back to the foundation and let the building burn to the ground. And the next, they're talking like, you know, when I was in there the other day or in the morning, that place was full of dune buggies. There's nothing in there right now, huh? Hmm, huh? You know, and that's what tips them off to how looking for races. You know, asking about how do, how is Decker gonna get a, how's Becker gonna get across the border? And right, that's when they start right. thinking about Baja racing, which goes yes. from uh, California to Mexico. Or no, it's in Mexico. But then they're like, what are other cross-border races? And that's when they figure out there's going to be a race and Becker is going to drive across the border during the race. Right. It's the, the Los Mil Diablos, which is the it's a thousand-mile road. I love it. It's a thousand-mile road race that we never really see all of. But, but it was apparently outlawed by the United States and Mexico, so they have to kind of choose different starting lines but every year so no one really knows where it I, is. I didn't even do any research. Is this a real thing? I googled it for a minute and then gave up because I just wanted to know what Los Mil Diablos means and then I... Oh, so you got as, you got as far as the beginning of the Wikipedia description? I got as far and as, as the like, translation of what that, what that phrase means and then I moved on. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so can you think of... Okay, a thousand mile desert road race right. that they're going to try to do clandestinely yeah, right. like right the um, the support needed to drive a thousand miles through the desert like i don't know how you could do this without anybody noticing well i'm looking it up right now i just want to see how far just out of curiosity like i want to say how like mexico city to san francisco is the distance from san fran to mexico is 830 miles driving okay. driving distance is a thousand miles okay so that's that's possible okay but you know that's those are road miles, so right. they're talking about desert, though. Exactly. So, so could be even farther. Who the hell uh-uh. knows? And I love this because Bonnie makes a comment at this point. She's like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna have to set Kit up for some off-road action." Yeah, she's gonna have to redo his suspension. I'm like, "You can do all the suspension you want. I think he needs another 16 inches of lift." <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, exactly. Um, but whatever. Uh, Definitely, definitely a cool concept. Like, I like this idea that what better way to sneak someone or sneak goods across a a, a border is to do an international race. Granted, you know, especially if it's unsanctioned. But then I'm thinking, okay, if it's unsanctioned, A, it's illegal. Right. So people are going to be looking for these, you know. So why not just drive across the border at night? Exactly. I mean, it would make (laughs) a lot more sense than, like, 
having Becker sponsor this road race so that no one will suspect him because the idea is is that Becker is going to enter the race and at some point he's going to turn off the course slink away and get over the border without anyone else noticing like that's the whole idea behind him entering this race and putting up all the money to get the road the race back on the road it's it's well let's let's talk a little bit about how we learned that Becker is in fact the one sponsoring this unsanctioned race go ahead you tell me because I don't remember so (laughs) so so okay so Becker is now on the run. He, you know, this is after the FBI raid or whatever, the Feds raid, whoever they were, whatever department that was, and he's hiding in some Winnebago in some town near the border, I guess, or on the race some somewhere. And Michael's kind of looking around. Basically, they tried to find probable starting points for this race. Right. So Michael, they're driving around, and Michael says. Let's check out the local watering hole because Becker has to eat like everybody else. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, Michael, do you for real think that this guy who's trying to hide is going to go to a public bar or a public restaurant? Okay. <laughs> sure. So maybe he is if he feels safe. That doesn't seem very practical. So Michael goes into the local watering hole and it's full of racers. And the first thing he does is he sneaks up past some woman playing pool. He's like, excuse me. You know? And she's like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> but uh, And then some bet starts going on. Like some guy at the bar bets her like she can't take the shot. And some right. other woman's like, I'll take the bet. And Michael's just like, don't worry. <laughs> like watches them and then tries to make nice with the bartender. He's like, hey, my name's Michael Knight. And holds out his hand to shake her hand. She's the, you know, she's the bartender. The, the, the waitress there. She's like, whatever. Right. Um, he's like, okay, so... Have you seen this guy? Basically, he's trying to find a racer. He's trying to find Becker. He holds up the photo to to this woman, and she clearly you can clearly tell she knows who that oh, is. Yeah. She's like, I've never seen him before in my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. And so Michael decides to order some food. He's like, so what kind of food's good in this place? She's like, well, the seafood's terrible. If you, you can have the steak if you like chewing on your shoes. I suggest the hamburger. He's like, great, hamburger sounds great. She's like, all right, I'll go microwave it. And he's like, wait, 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 microwave it? So the next thing, he's like sitting down at the table, and she brings out this burger. And he's like, hey, what is this? It's like a hockey puck. And, and she starts giving him shit. She's like, you know, if you want something good, you should have had the seafood. <laughs> like, I don't know if you could. Oh, man, it was great. Um, but handedly there dave's holding up a photo right now of michael eating a cheese eating the cheeseburger i thought it was great he's like great give me a burger i'm like yes but the funny this is the great part so he he ordered a i know he ordered but he didn't order a beer no he didn't order a beer and that's a that's what you do there you order a bar you order a bar at a beer at a beer see this this gorilla milk how's that coffee brandy working for you (laughs) fuck um so what's really funny though is he won't let up, and basically he keeps talking to this woman, and, she, and she's like, you can tell she's getting off her shift. She's like, I gotta go work on my my car. I gotta do some suspension work. He's like, okay, I'll come help you, right. and won't give up until she's like, okay, why don't you come help me? I don't know who you are. Why don't you come back to my place and help me work on my car tonight? And so that's what happens. And the next thing we see is Michael Knight opening the garage door to her place. The next morning. And it's daylight the next yes. morning. <laughs> so he's been working on this car for 12 hours, I, I, I guess. Sure. And she's like, thank you so much. That was great. Um, and that's it. <laughs> she comes back into play later, but there's this whole, I don't know what he was, you know, whatever. That's it. That's all I got. I just got really like, that was a lot of effort. Just to do this whole scene and a lot of effort for me to talk about it's, it. So forget it. Back to you, fine. Dave. It's fine. So 
I love this next scene because he opens up the garage door and almost immediately he is confronted by two of Becker's guys. Kit is boxed in and he can't go anywhere. So so Kit's somewhere else. Kit's like still back at the bar or something. Probably. And he's boxed in by some trucks. And Michael's walking back to wherever Kit is far enough away that Michael gets accosted again by that same blue pickup. He gets his ass handed to him. Like, Michael just gets decimated. He gets beat the shit up. Yeah. The up the shit beat. Up the shit beat. He throws, they throw him in the back of the of the blue pickup truck, drive him away, and they just dump him into an open grave and leave him for dead. That's it. The thing is, though, it's not even a grave. It's just a hole in the ground yeah. that has some, like, <clears throat> boards over it. That was like a, a mining leftover that these guys happen to know about. <clears throat> And it's the same dudes that tried to kill him in the beginning by blowing up the warehouse. Right. So this is how they do it. They they beat the crap out of him until he's unconscious. They hit him with a blackjack or something, and then they dump him in a hole. Yes. That's it? Right. Like, right. You, come on. I mean, if you're going to get rid of somebody, you gotta you got to kill him. I mean, maybe they're squeamish. Maybe they want to do it. Maybe they thought they broke his neck when they threw him in that hole, which they... Probably By all did. rights, he should have had a broken neck or some <laughs> broken bone. But did you notice that um, th- when it cut... Okay, so he got thrown in the hole and there's that, that shot of him kind of crumpled in the bottom of the hole. Yeah. And it cut to commercial. Yeah. It didn't have it didn't have the commercial music. It just cut... It was dead silence. Yep. Yeah. Did you... It, that, it's very strange. I, like I did I, notice I, that. It, I did. So yeah. this whole time, RC3 has actually... He's split off from Michael, and he's on his motorbike, and he's he's going to different spots. And at some point, we don't actually see where this happens, but RC starts trying to find Michael in the next scene. And we see Michael kind of slowly wake up in the hole, and he, and he gets on the car. Well, I know where it happens. I know. I saw exactly. He saw where it happened. You weren't paying attention. I probably wasn't because my kids were probably so- fighting. So this is the silly thing. Okay, let's, let's talk about Kit for a moment and Michael. Yes. So Michael... Michael's getting his ass handed to him. He he talks uh, he talks to Kit on the communicator. Kit, I need your help right now. He's like, "All right, Michael, I'm coming to get you." Michael, keep talking. I got to home in on your signal. Oh yeah, Michael, where are you? And then so Michael gets knocked out, so he can't talk. So since he can't talk, he can't send a signal from his communicator. So Kit isn't homing in on the communicator. He's homing in only when it transmits. Right, which sounds fantastically short sighted. For the foundation. You would think that there's some sort of tracking device in the comlink that doesn't rely on Michael's voice to send a no, signal. No, it must be AM, so the only way it gets its power is from Michael yelling into it. So it can it's like a like a transistor radio or the reverse of that, you know? So like by his energy from screaming into the translator generates a radio signal <laughs> by shaking some crystal in there. I don't know. But Kit's boxed in. Yep. He pulls the dump truck maneuver again. Yes. Where he backs up into the oh side God, of a truck and pushes it sideways. I'm like, yes, he can do it more than once. Right. And he didn't even damage his alpha circuit, which hasn't been around in a season and a half. Oh, I think they did away with it in season one. It's almost, I think they just gave up that moment with the, with the alpha circuit. It's pointless. Yeah. But this is where RC comes back into play because as Kit's driving away, you see RC way in the distance on his motorcycle driving up the road and just happens to come across Kit driving away and so he follows kit and finds michael in a hole in the ground yeah and and basically it's unfazed he's like michael what are you going to do the race has already started (laughs) you know and michael's like oh i've got a bad headache you know like he's basically saying like 
instead of going to the hospital, Michael gets right back inside of Kit. Yeah. Kit doesn't even scan him right. for his vitals. Well, he just gets back in Kit and goes. Michael has a great line because he's still in the hole getting ready to get pulled up by Kit. And Michael, when Kit asks Michael if he's okay, Michael says, I'm fine, buddy, but uh, I wouldn't rule out brain damage. I'm like, well, you clearly have got some sort of a concussion with how far you fell into that hole. Well, not only that, he's been knocked out for however long it took them to drive out there, right. so that's bad. And then he got thrown into the bottom of a pit that was deep enough that he couldn't climb out of it. Right. <laughs> and he's just, and that shot just crumpled. Like, how did he not break his neck? Right. You know? Right. Or maybe that's the thing. The whole rest of the episode, his head's just kind of flopping off to the side. Well, it's kind of like <laughs> he's like death becomes her. Yes, you know. Yes. You know. After Michael got shot in the face and he got rebuilt, it's like okay, Michael, now take care of yourself. Don't get damaged. We, because he's actually undead now. Like they brought him back to life. I like that because this is. But now, if, this is the only body you get, Michael. You don't get. You don't get another chance after this. This is it. You won't heal. You can take a lot of abuse, but you won't heal. Okay. Now don't. Now go out there and get the bad guys. So okay. So I'm assuming that RC3 is also part of this road race on his motorbike. Am I? Am I correct to assume that? Well, Michael sent him out to find all the other possible starting points again. Yeah. So that's why he's driving around and, and basically, you know, asking, "Have you seen this guy? Have you seen this guy? Yeah. Blah 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 blah." Looking for looking for Becker. Right. Um. I keep wanting to say Decker, but I also keep wanting to say Beaker. <laughs> like. Fr- like from the Muppets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me, 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 um, Okay, because yes. at this point, the race has already started, so Michael has to basically, like, hightail it to wherever the race is and, like, put himself somewhere into the race so that he can try to catch up to Becker. They've already left. Yes. They're, they're long gone, so now he has to catch up to them. So the ne- the which is kind of cool. The remainder of the episode, more, more or less, is him chasing the race down. Yes, it's great. Which is cool, and I love this. this so the next scene after Michael leaves, you know, and RC three is gone. You know, Kit makes a comment about how Bonnie's new suspension system is working great. Michael comes to a stop uh, next to these two, these three um, quote unquote hot females who are broken down race because girls. they have no air conditioner. Well, they're the race girls that made RC3 wreck his bike. Remember that? Right, yes. So, like, so RC is looking for people and they drive by in this, this, uh, this, uh, you know, convertible, like, big Lincoln or something like a white car. And RC3 driving some hay bales and he's like, oh, my, my dad always told me that, like, ladies, like, the ladies would kill me or something. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. Exp- whatever. Um, yeah, so Michael pulls up alongside these girls, and they're like, Hi, our AC's broken, and we're hot. <laughs> Michael's like, So, can you help us? And Michael's like squirming in his seat he wants so badly just to take all three of those women in his car right now. <laughs> I know, totally. Or just jump into their car. And he's like, Oh, God, I'll send some help along. Oh. I love that Kit compliments Michael for his, his um, basically his willingness to stay on task. And Michael's like, Yeah, yeah buddy, I, oh, God, this is great. But he doesn't send anybody along. But uh, unbeknownst to him, RC3 comes up behind him, and the girls talk to him, too. It's like, sorry, ladies, I got to go. Oh, my gosh. It was great. It's great. So Michael, at this point, has been spotted in the race. Uh, Becker Becker sees Michael in the race. So he calls out to one of his guys, Marcus, or whatever his name was. Says, "Listen, one of the other racers, one of the yeah. other racers, and says you need to take care of Michael." So these two guys attempt to box Kit in and drive him off the road, but they fail. One of the guys throws a grenade at him. 
<laughs> Did, was it a grenade? Yes. Wow, I didn't. I missed that part. I, I look. It's that close up of the hand, and you see there's a grenade in it. And he just like lobs it at Kit and tries to detonate it on him. <laughs> and then Marcus opens fire at Kit to try to take him down. Just as um, Ana Lucia, the bartender who's also in the race, just as she's driving into the middle of this happening, the bullets hit her car, causing her to flip over once and land back on her wheels. And then she ends right. up with a freaking concussion. All right, Ana Lucia Cortez, that was her name. Yes. And so and and, and I went sorry, when I, she first said her name, I heard the Sea of Cortez. Oh. Okay. I'm I'm the Sea of Cortez. No, Ana Lucia Cortez. Ana Lucia Cortez. I'm like, "Oh, so she's the Sea of Cortez." Yes, she is. She is the the actual Sea of Cortez. She So she, so 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 what a lot of people, you know, fail to remember or recognize about season 4 is they really tried to get a lot of objects and and places in the show as actors, so not only did they have a, an orca whale, they also actually had the real Sea of Cortez playing playing a female race car driver. It was crazy because that's just, I don't know how they were able to get so much water to shape into just one petite little female. It was great. It was great. I know she was incredibly heavy. <laughs> she was just really dense, and nobody could actually actually was a uh, was a uh, you know making the gravitational fields in the area while they were when they were shooting. <laughs> warp a little bit from from her mask it was great so this is the moment so michael decides he's going to stay with ana lucia until the medics can arrive and he gives rc3 his comm link at this point because he tells michael tells rc you need to go after becker and find him rc says well how am i supposed to keep in touch with you and tell you if i found him this is when Michael gives RC the comic, like, and there's that wonderful moment where like the music swells and RC gets this big <laughs> smile because he's like, now he's officially part of the team. And then, well, it was great. It was great, you know. And this actually, the scene surprised me, and I, because natural, well, naturally Michael would want to stay with a woman, but he, you would think that that would be, you know, a subordinate's job. I'm going to keep pursuing the bad guy. You take care of her until the people arrive, right? Right. Like. That's just what you, you, uh, the hierarchy of a, you know whatever business would do. Like, okay, I'm the detective, you're the gumshoe or whatever. You do what I don't right. know what I'm talking about. But I loved that they gave RC3 the responsibilities. Like, here's the comm link. I trust you. It was great. You go, you go keep going. And he was like, yes, Michael, oh, was, I will. It was awesome. And he runs off, and it was beautiful. And I think it would be funny, though, if every, like, 30 seconds he's like, hey, Kit. Hey, Kit, you there? Yeah. Yes, RC. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm still, still here. here. Michael did not give okay, you a great. Fake com link. <laughs> yeah, and and it's so much fun. But no, that was great. And but but this is when <clears throat> Ana Lucia kind of wakes up right. after being almost completely knocked out. Right. So everybody in Night Rider, in the Foundation, or related to it, um, has this uncanny ability to shake off concussions. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> just like you know. Ugh, I'll just I'll just walk it off. Well, even ah brain injury. Even, Ugh, even, I got I got this. Even after Kit says that Ana Lucia suffered a mild concussion, in the next scene she stands up and pulls a gun on Michael, and she's like, I know. I was like, whoa. She's like, whoa. she's like, you're gonna take me to the end of this race, or I'm gonna get in your car and go to myself. And it's so it's revealed at this moment that Ana Lucia is not actually a bartender. She's been undercover. She works for the Mexican police, and she's actually been looking to take Becker down, too, before he gets over the border. And Michael's like, oh, my God, so am I. Like, let's- Well, she's not looking to take down Becker. She's looking to take the down orca. the guy. 
De- Delorca, correct. That's right. You're right. So, and this is, I love this. Like, I almost would, again, <clears throat> this is another episode that I would love to see extrapolated into like a full length feature film. Like, maybe not Knight Rider, but like as a storyline. Yeah. And it's really cool that you learn that Michael's after Becker, she's after Delorca. They're both on the same team, but from other side. I just think it's a really cool kind of plot. Uh, not plot twist, but like you know, embellishment. I, it was a really nice cool. way. It was a nice, fairly convincing way to move the plot forward. That just it didn't take. It didn't like work out on convenience. It just it was a nice like bait and switch when you find out that like Ana Lucia is working for the same side as Michael, and it takes the entirety of the episode to find out. It was just a nice way that they kind of organically made that moment happen throughout for the episode so now they have to mm-hmm. team up and work together to bring down both people that they each want to have you know and i thought it was yeah great. i thought it was very cool and michael brought up the guy that was shot again he said he killed a good friend of mine i gotta get him <laughs> right like <clears throat> yeah but what was his name who was he what did he look like I don't we never we've never seen you know we have to understand you know okay okay let's let's back this up four years Are you okay yeah <laughs> i'll be all right <laughs> Let's back this up. Perhaps, perhaps this agent was somebody Michael Knight knew as Michael Long. Oh, and okay. he didn't. He actually has not seen him, but has like you know is a was a friend of his. Let's say it was somebody from way back when. You know that that's why we've never seen him because he's like, been out of Michael's life for four years. I like that absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's run. All right, with let's it. run with that. Okay, so. RC3 radios back to Michael and says, listen, I followed the tracks all the way to the highway, but I but I don't know which way Becker has gone. I don't know if it's left or right. So Kit scans the highway and says, oh, well, there's only one car driving on this highway right now, so it's got to be Becker, so go that way. <laughs> so I, lo- I love that Kit can, A, pick up transmissions from RC3 on his, that little wristwatch from however far away he is, right. and then also scan the highway from however far away he is, when the last episode, he couldn't even see over a freaking dam in the aqueduct, or those two episodes ago, right, whatever, right? from like 100 yards. Okay, so I want to talk about last week, too, because in the next scene, so when, when R.C. goes towards a Becker, Michael is God knows how far away, but there's that canal that he has to go through. Just yes. turbo boosts the shit right through it, and I'm thinking to myself, so he can turbo boost through all that water without hydroplaning, but in last week's episode, could barely handle this like rushing water coming around him, and Kit's like complaining about how he's about to lose traction, but turbo boost straight through that canal for 30 seconds and not one problem mm-hmm. whatsoever. It's fine. It's fine. Totally different. Totally different environment, Dave. The, the 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 hydrodynamics are different when you're driving on dirt versus concrete. You know, it's it's an entirely it's a complex uh, thing that you wouldn't expect the average viewer to uh, fully understand. Okay, you can put that middle finger away, ap- sir. Nope, I apologize. I apologize. Now, okay, now last week you said that the best tackle and the hest in the show took place when he slid down the escalator but i got to tell you so at this point when michael and ana lucia are heading towards delorca's mansion to try to take down becker one of the guys with his rifle is opening fire from way up in a field trying to take out michael but rc comes up behind him like over a hill launches his motorbike off the hill, throws himself off his bike, and takes the guy down, and they both roll down the hill. I thought it was great. Yeah. It was a one. Was- Michael, I, I got him. And then he gives, like, a thumbs up, like, you know, like, as Michael's driving by. And I have no, no idea. <laughs> it's like, him. yeah, I got him. Totally cool. You go get him, dude. <laughs> 
Man, it was great. It was great. It was so we're at we're at De- Delorca's mansion, yeah. And this Becker shows up, and he's trying to he's about to sign over all of his assets, right? And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. Like, and so then Delorca's like, come on, then I'm 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 going to shoot you or whatever this and that. So basically, uh, what's the woman's name? Uh, Claudia. Claudia. Claudia tells Becker, you know what? How about this? How about you sign half now? And then we sign half when you're safe. Right. Kind of a compromise. That like, makes sense. I'm not going to give it all now. And he, Becker's like, okay, that's fine. So no sooner does he sign it, does Delorca shoot him in the stomach. And he dies <laughs> right there in the bushes. Yeah. Just, that's it. Over. It was great. <laughs> well, it, it was great. It wasn't great. Because then at the, in the same breath, when Claudia, you know, when Delorca and Claudia are walking away, and Delorca's like, oh, I couldn't have done this plan without you. We couldn't have gotten this. In the same breath, Delorca turns around and pulls the gun on Claudia. Well, of course. She's like, she's like, what are you doing? I gave up my life for this, for you. He's like, no, no, you gave up you, your life for money, basically. Right. Like, so so Delorca was willing to take half of the money versus none of it. You know, like right. he, it was, the whole thing was a scam just to get Becker's money, and it worked. Oh, um, yeah. Except that, except that Michael... And uh, uh, Susanna, I, why, Ana well, Lucia Cortez. Susan, Ana, so that was not Susanna. That was Ana Lucia. Ana I don't Lucy, know where that came. Ana Lucia of Cortez. I'm the C of Cortez. But I love this scene because Michael, you know, he's trying to be quiet. And we got this, you know, on the on the bottom landing, we got Delorca and Claudia, who's being held at gunpoint. And then up above, you see Michael come like step over the balcony. And again, I think he's trying to be quiet, but he just like jumps his ass right off the balcony and takes <laughs> jumps, the Lord and jumps his ass. <laughs> jumps his ass. I was picturing him just like flops his ass up over the balcony and then he jumps over. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about quiet though. Because when they were driving up, did you see that he told Kit to go into quiet mode? Yeah. And he hits silent mode right on the car, too. Or silent mode. It's like, what? I, I don't remember ever seeing silent mode before. It's been a lot. If I have, it's been seasons ago. I have no recollection. And how does it work? I want to know, how does it work? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> does it, like, all of a sudden make the tires completely bald so that, he, that you can't hear the rocks, like, hitting the ground? Like, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> doesn't matter or does it create a force field that goes around kit so no one can yeah. hear anything outside of him maybe, I, I maybe what it does is it is it creates audio of the car but like out of phase so that it just cancels itself out so that it oh yeah all right you know yeah so they, let's go that that's possible all right i like that well and i love it because so michael kind of takes a few swipes at delorca but delorca runs away and you know, in comes Kit, and here we are talking about how they've really tried to make Kit more human. Kit just fucking sideswipes Delorca right to the ground. Yeah, he he like fishtails into Delorca, and like <laughs> yeah. I imagine shatters his hip, like to. destroys him. <laughs> and then Delorca's like standing up, he's like all groggy, and then Michael swoops in and then punches him in the face. It was great. <laughs> it was great. And so that's you know, well, we have the the stinger at the end of the episode where they have the running gag of how. Uh, RC's motorbike always falls apart and he's complaining about how everyone makes fun of his bike and when Michael goes over and they kind of like pat the bike the whole thing falls apart and they all just have that good chuckle not the whole (laughs) thing just like the instrument cluster David it doesn't like do a a bluesmobile disintegration at the end of the episode I wish it had but yeah and that's (laughs) that'd be funny that's where we end it everyone is all happy and they're laughing because RC's motorbike 
<laughs> falling yeah, apart but again. But it's just it's just Michael, RC, and Kit. Like nobody else is there. What Devin wasn't there? No, Devin and Bonnie they weren't there. RC's oh. like picking cactus out of out of the tires and stuff, and it's a it's full of dirt and things like that. And Kit's giving him compliments, like, yeah, that bike actually is really good. And RC makes a point, and he's like, you know, it, it kept up with Kit mile for mile the entire time. It's, you know, it's a pretty good machine. I was gonna say he's not wrong. <laughs> no, yeah. So you know. It's good. It was a good. There's some goofy line at the end that I totally don't remember. I don't remember it either. But let me tell you something, Greg. This and I. I say this every couple episodes. This is a. This is a real special show. Mm. <laughs> I gotta tell you, this was such a phenomenal episode. Mm. It was so freaking ah, good. I was. That's the last of the gorilla milk right there. I was trying to vamp for a second because as I was talking and getting ready to finish my sentence, you had taken a huge swig. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's a pint of. Um, Oakhurst whole milk and alcohol. What, what is, so what's there you the, go. What's the over under on you shitting your brains out in about two hours? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna have a big hearty dinner and we'll see what happens. All right, fair enough. But Greg, I got this episode was just fantastic. It was so good. I loved I it had so such much. a blast watching it. Oh man, it was fa- oh it was great. It was great. This gets five and a turbo boost. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't I'm- I don't remember our rating, but that's what it is. It's a it's a turbo boost and a turtleneck and a leather straight jacket. Absolutely. Um before we before we talk about next week's episode, um Greg and I are going to run a, uh, a we're going to do a, a hotline catch up episode, hopefully in the next week or so, because we've gotten a lot. But one came in tonight before we started recording from Randy, and it's about this episode specifically. It's about two and a half minutes, but I want to play it because he talks about this episode in detail. So I want to let it run. Greg, are you ready for it? Light it up. All right, let's do it. Hey, guys, it's Randy. Uh, just calling to let you know that Night of a Thousand Devils is my absolute favorite episode of Night Rider of all time. I know it's a very unusual pick, but there is a reason behind it. Um, back when I was three years old, my dad was doing something on the roof. I can't remember what exactly, but uh, apparently I decided to climb up the ladder to get to him. I got about halfway up and fell off the ladder. And I'm, of course, you know, crying my eyes out because I'm three years old and in pain. So my dad is like, you know, rushes down, grabs me, brings me inside, and my parents are trying to calm me down. And they decided to, you know, throw on some TV, and uh, Knight Rider, the new episode of Knight Rider happens to be on, and uh, it was a uh, redemption of a champion, and apparently the moment Kit came on screen and started talking, I just stopped crying and was fixated on the show. (laughs) Uh, So my dad decided the next week would be a good idea to record that episode, and so from that moment on, I had a copy of A Night of a Thousand Devils that I probably watched two or three times a day, every day, until I was six or seven. Um, <laughs> as, an attest- as a testament to how often I watched it, uh, last Thanksgiving my parents were visiting, and uh, uh, just as a joke, I decided to put on that episode of Night Rider. And after the main theme you know, cuts out, within the first five seconds of the episode, my dad knew exactly which episode it was and just went, oh, God, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and my dad, who's not someone that quotes movies or anything like that, 25, 30 years later was still able to quote that episode because he couldn't help it. <laughs> um, so this episode, Night of a Thousand Devils, basically is what informed me of Knight Rider. Uh, you know, it's got... Michael Knight wearing, like, all black with the black leather. Um, there's a good, you know, relationship between 
uh, Michael and Kit where, you know, Kit's trying to save Michael, trying to find him. As a kid, I always remember that scene of, uh, you know, Kit driving up to the hole, and I always felt like, oh, it's Kit looking down, like, concerned at Michael. And then, of course, you know, Michael Knight being the, the, the smooth mofo that he is, just right when he walks into that bar and the swagger of, like, all right, girls, I'm sure all the gentlemen here will let you have a fair shake at this game. Or I can't remember the exact quote, but <laughs> and I always thought, man, Michael Knight is such a player. I wish I could be that cool. <laughs> Oddly enough, one of the, the girls in the, that in the episode uh, is named Donna Spear, who was a uh, Playboy playmate. Uh, the reason I know this is because later in life, uh, she became a... Uh, oh, and the hotline message cuts off. I don't know if there's a Google Voice limit, but it stopped at three minutes. <laughs> oh, bummer. So, oh, I want to know more. Randy! Randy, call us back before next week's episode. Because oh, we wanna, I want to know what happened. I want to hear Who's about... the Playboy Playmate? I need to hear the story about the Playboy Playmate. But That is fantastic. I love it. I love that story that, you, that this one episode has had such a such a hold on your life it's fantastic well and i want to look at when this was aired okay so no he's right this aired in 1986 so this would have been 20 no 35 34 years ago of course he's right because he lived it dave i love it i love it i just think that's (laughs) such a that's such a cool story and like you said the fact that it's still with him 30 some odd years later it's just fantastic i think that's a great story and i love that he called to leave us that hotline message so thank you so much. you know much. i'm trying to think i don't have i don't have a story like that of like one particular episode or show or whatever i don't think i, I do mean, either for shows go i'd say three's company is up right up there because my mom and i used to watch it yeah so that i've got a soft spot for jack tripper oh sure you know? sure uh, but not like a single episode like that where you could quote the entire thing that's fan- that's that's awesome. I think that's awesome, and that that just it makes me really happy to know like that this is this is his favorite episode of the entire series. I love it. I think that's great, and I would I'll put this up in my top three so far for season four. This was phenomenal. This is I love it. I love it, Dave. I and you're too. right. When Kit was going to look for Michael in the hole, it's like he poked his nose over. He's yes. like, Michael, you are you in there, Mo? Kit. That's not how Kit sounds, but that's I, I, that's I what I did. Though. I get it. Um. Do you want to hear what's coming up next week? Lay it on me. All right. Next episode is season four, episode 17, Hills of Fire. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) While patrolling a national park, Michael and Kit discover an arsonist who drives a modified ATV and attempt to clear the name of a boy who is being framed to take the fall. Oh, boy. It's going to be good. (laughs) Like, we know it's going to be good. Of course it is. <laughs> um, I do also want to say that in two weeks, I think so, episode nineteen, we I have I have secured a guest to come on the show and record with us, Greg. Oh dear, um, who's that? My uh, dear, is friend, it a surprise? My dear friend Randy Hunt from the We All Have a Story podcast. Okay, um, he wanted to be on the show, and I dug through the latter half of season four, and I think I found the right episode for him to come on. So I think it's episode nineteen. So expect that Randy will be on here in about two weeks. So hopefully, hopefully he still remembered that I asked him to be a part of the show, and he <laughs> sure. <still> wants to be. <laughs> if if not, we'll we'll take his place. One of us will be Randy. Exactly, exactly. Um, so Greg, listen, if you want to get in touch with us, there are many, many ways to do that. Only you, Greg, are allowed to get in touch with us. Okay. Okay. Sure. So you can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/ChampaKlein. Although I'll be honest with you guys. I'm taking a Facebook hiatus, so I have basically left the Knight Rider Years Facebook page uh, in the dust. I don't use it anymore. I've had to just leave Facebook. I can't do it right now. So 
Mm-hmm. The, the the places you're going to find us the most are on Instagram at Night Rider Years, on Twitter at Night Rider Pod. You can visit our website champacline.com to find our backlog of uh, old episodes of the Night Rider Years. Uh, you can also find currently find the 1440 our 24-hour podcast. I highly recommend that anyone who hasn't listened to that show go to our website and find that. You can call our hotline message. Uh, you can call and leave us a hotline message at 207 207- <laughs> 835-1954 and leave us a message about anything. You can also leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way for us to be seen and heard by other listeners. Gregory, do you have any closing thoughts before we uh, before we say goodnight? You know, you think I would by now, but I don't. That's okay. That's all right, Greg. All right, guys. For the Night Rider years, I am the sad beer that Michael neglected to order after he had the burger. And I am an orca whale in the Sea of Cortez. Have a fantastic week, everybody. I'm thinking, kid. I'm not upset. Your pulse rate is up, your blood pressure is high, and you're gripping the steering wheel with alarming pressure. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.